There's a great Eddie Murphy joke. It goes like this. There's a bear and a rabbit taking a shit in the woods. The bear leans over the rabbit and says, Do you have a problem with uh, shit sticking to your fur? The rabbit shakes his head, No. So the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. So picture this, it's the 1996 preseason and the San Diego Padres just uh, stacked up, brought in a bunch of free agents. They brought in uh, Steve Finley and Ken Caminiti from the Astros. They got Wally World, Wally Joyner from the Royals. They got, uh, God, they got... uh, Trevor Hoffman from the Marlins. And down in Mexico City, they're playing an exhibition game. And it seems like a a handful of them at least uh, got Montezuma's revenge, which is uh, code for diarrhea, (coughs) diarrhea. (coughs) You think it's really funny, but it's really wet and runny, diarrhea, (coughs) diarrhea. (coughs) But I don't know. I can't remember how the story goes, specifically how the story goes, but Ken Caminetti... I think a handful of these guys have been stricken with uh, the trots. They call them trots, or as they say in Australia, a wobbly boot. You know, your boot, your trunk, they call the car trunk a boot. So in Australia, you got a wobbly boot, man. You got some problems going on in your ass. Ken Caminiti's suffering. He's been suffering from a wobbly boot most of the day. And according to the guys on the bench, he goes up. He knocks back three Snickers bars, goes up and drills a home run, and they're all just like, the critics have been silenced. They were all in awe, paying homage to the man, the late, great Kim Caminiti. Of course, he he was roided out of his mind. But he's a legend. He went on to win the uh, MVP that year, 96 season, with only like uh, fairly fairly timid numbers. I mean, he batted like 328. 28 home runs, 85 RBIs, something like that. Real conservative numbers. But he was a linchpin in that new team. You know, they ended up going on to uh, win the... Well, they won the division by a game over the Dodgers. I think they swept them. They won 90 games that year. And then they uh, got bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Cardinals, I want to say, who ended up going and winning it all that year. But... Then they went on to the 98 series, or they won the title. They won the NL pennant against the Astros in 98, beating guys like Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio, all these future Hall of Famers who, who were roided up as well, but um, but were complaining about uh, getting beaten by a, team of bu- bu- by a bunch of old men, according to them, in the, in the likes of Ken Caminiti and Steve Finley and... You know, again, Wally Joyner, all these guys, um, Andy Ashby, and uh, some great pitching. But uh, the point of the story, and I think, and I, maybe I'm wrong, maybe Ken Caminiti in Mexico City, he, um, maybe I'm wrong, he went up, maybe he just had one Snickers bar and hit three home runs. Or maybe he hit three, now nah, maybe he hit one home run with three snick who fucking knows i don't know anyway i just wanted to tell a shit story because <laughs> because uh and uh, in regard to an old man having to take a uh having having to deal with diarrhea that was me this morning i was out there on the trail and uh ugh. and why you ask well, i'll tell you why because I'm an idiot, that's why. Because last night I'm mowing down three bowls of Honey Nut Cheerios, fucking pothead, and uh, liberally, liberally sprinkled with Hershey's Quick, my patented, my patented chocolate milk, my bowl of chocolate milk and Honey Nut Cheerios, which is a bad idea because I know I'm lactose intolerant. I know that. I know that damn well. So what am I doing at 3 a.m.? I'm shit. I'm, I'm pulling a can Caminiti is what I'm doing. I'm hitting, I'm hitting, I'm hitting bombs over Baghdad in the, uh, the restroom, the restroom. So, 
So needless to say, it kind of carried over into my morning routine. Got up again. Uh, so you got up about mm, just before six. And that wobbly boot just, uh, you know, it dies a slow death. So we were headed for the gym, me and my lady, and then I got a call to go to Reno. But I quickly passed that off faster than a 4 by 100 meter relay team to my lady who consequently uh in unison in like synchronized form her and i we did synchronize we uh we blew off the gym in synchronized fashion it's called synchronized synchronized gym <laughs> avoidance and she took off for reno so i took off for the trail and then and then it's about a hundred hundred thousand degrees out here and so i'm you know, I'm hydrated to a point. I'm thinking my problems are behind me, but I get through the. Uh, so I get I get going down the old, going down Old Town, and it's like it's before it's just before eight, and it's mm, it's probably in the late high seventies, maybe maybe low eighties at this point. And all of a sudden, I got that urge again. That urge, got that urge, got that good old urge, 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 urge. Urge, 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 urge is the word. And so, but I know once I get out on the main drag, there's a Chevron. Okay, so I'm cool with that. I can, you know, it's hard in the urban, urban landscapes, you know, if you're hiking or biking, you know, to, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's probably, maybe it's seemingly easier to find a commode if you need to in emergency situations, but I got lucky. And, uh, but I thought, eh, okay, that'll be one, I'll, uh, that'll be it, that'll be one, one stop, but I'll, I'll grab some TP, some backup TP, because once I hit the trails, man, all I gotta do is duck off on the side of the trail if need, if I have to, if I have to, because if you're out in the woods, you're out in the wilderness, shit, man, find me a rabbit, will wipe my ass, I don't give a fuck, but, uh, so, um, but I fought the urge, I fought, I fought, you know, nature's gonna happen, nature's gonna happen, but, and it's easier well, maybe it, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, like I was watching um, Lorenzo Barone, his, uh, I think it was his, one of his latest Instagram videos where he's on a paved road, but he's in the Sahara Desert and the wind is just whipping him. He's just ragdolling him, ragdolling him, kind of like me last Friday. But um, I mean, there's nobody around for you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles probably. And the sand is creeping over. It's almost obscuring the road that he's on. It's so bad. I mean, it's basically in a sandstorm. But I'm thinking if you got to take a shit at that point, man, who gives a fuck? You don't even have to hot. You don't even have to find a book. You know, there's no need to, you know, you really have to get off your bike. But uh, I don't know. It's always a trick. It's always uh, it's always a tricky little logistic set of logistics when you got the urge. You got the urge, man. You got the urge. But it's my own fault. That's my own fault. I oh god. I ate pretty well yesterday. I had a little salad uh, with a little quiche, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I had quiche. Grown men, real men eat quiche. It's cool, you know. And then, uh, and then I went the rest of the day without. I just I, I usually when I'm headed up to Placerville to meet up with the people at the donor center. Uh, I usually stop off at one of these uh, Nugget-owned markets. Um, it's called the Forklift. Kind of a clever name, you know, kind of a pun like a play on words with, uh, you know, lifting your fork to stuff your fat face. <laughs> but I go in there, they get these bomb sandwiches. But I'll get them only if it's already made. I'm not gonna order it myself. It's only, it's it seems more destined. It seems more serendipitous if it's, because they've got a little rack there that they'll that if maybe they knock out a couple extras that they'll put them on this rack right, just in the event that gets off the rack stuff. It's like it's not it's not it's not custom made. It's not by request. Not on demand. It's just off the rack, baby. Like most of the clothing that ends up in my drawer, which I don't know where it comes from, but it all seems to fit. So, but uh, lo and behold, there was no sandwich yesterday. That's fine. Good. Because I'm, 
trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. I was going to go on a fast. I was going to do a 72-hour fast, but I fucked up the first day because my lady suckered me into ice cream at 9.30 at night. But I thought to myself, eh, can I rationalize that ice cream? It's not really food. It's more, it could be it's semi-liquid. Nah, come on, man. Come on. You know, it's like back in high school when your buddies thought they'd, you know, on the track team were giving themselves mileage credit for playing basketball. No, bro. You got to go out and you got to log those miles. You got to do it. And no, but uh, so then last night, you know, so I'm thinking, well, okay, start from square one. Nah, I fucked up again. I'm like, no, just eat, man. Just be, don't be a fucking douche. Just eat, okay? But fucking work for it, you know? Earn it. So I got home last night. got home late. Everybody had to bend my ear. I was talking to everybody. Security guard Kyler was telling me about the ineptitude of today's security force, which I agree with. <laughs> they don't. It's a garbage society, man. We don't train anybody for anything anymore. We just throw them out, throw them out, and you know, sink or swim. And uh, even though they're sinking, they seem to be allowed to swim as long as possible. They're just they're putting bodies in there. They're just, they're just filling bodies. They're just filling positions. Bodies filling positions. It's just, it's terrible. But then, then another uh, driver buddy had, had to bend my ear after that. Talking about a thermostat going out in his Prius. And then uh, I ran to the same guy on the way home to get gas. It's just like, I didn't get in until 9 o'clock last night. So from 9 o'clock last night, man, I'm just scarfing. I'm just knocking it back on Eating like I got a hole in my neck, right? Like a dumbass, you know? My, my, my new thing, too, is like organic blueberry waffles with peanut butter. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you? Like a fucking, what are you, like a 21-year-old undergrad? That Humboldt? Like, what are you? What are you, some kind of like, what are you, some kind of young, young whippersnapper? But fuck it. Uh, but that inevitably led to the old wobbly boot this morning. The old wobbly boot. What can you do? But so, I, you know, I found relief. And the show must go on. The show must go on. Um, was it last night? No, night before. Um, chilling with my lady when it's always like, you know, you got to find, I guess you got to find a movie. It's just kind of a routine. You find a movie and, you know, wind down for the evening with a movie. And I pulled up this movie, Days of Heaven. Who I guess I thought I'd seen it with her, but I guess I didn't. But Days of Heaven is um, Terrence Malick, the director, is the second film, which is like, it's considered like one of the top 50 movies of all time or something, something to that effect. But, what was that made like at 70 74 75 uh his first movie badlands is the one i i thought i'd seen this with my lady but the, it was the first one that i i uh, watched with her called badlands which is the uh kind of a fictionalized account of uh of a real serial murder murderer back in the midwest named charles starkweather back in the mm, early 50s i want to say who went on like this killing spree and uh so he recreated it in this movie that it's called badlands it's pretty fucking badass um but it's got uh, martin sheen i think it's his first first or second role in the sissy spacek and uh that was like 71 72 but days of heaven is um sam shepherd's i want to say it's sam shepherd's first movie and i put that on and it's really, it's an epic, uh, it's a big, big story, big, big landscape it takes place, supposed to, supposed to be taking place in Texas, um, and, uh, also, you know, just want to say to the victims in the Texas shooting, man, you guys got to get it together out there, man, uh, speaking of Texas, but moving on, um, Total tragedy, fucking awful. But this movie take uh, supposed to take place in Texas, uh, uh, but it's actually filmed in uh, Calgary, Canada, I believe. Big, sprawling, sweeping landscapes of wheat, 
based on basically the story of this guy. Uh, I think it might have been Richard Gere's first movie too. Two young, you know, two young guys, Sam Shepard and, and, and Richard Gere. And uh, Richard Gere is kind of a, um, he's a, he's kind of a drift, uh, kind of a drifter, but a blue collar drifter. Uh, working at a factory in Chicago, in the Midwest, and ends up uh, getting in a fight with his his boss, knocking him out, and they had to flee. So he took his uh, his girlfriend, who he played uh, played off as uh, as uh, his sister, and then his and then his actual younger sister as his sister. Uh, they had to flee to this farm. They got, uh, they hopped a train and they rode through the Midwest and ended up in what was supposed to be Texas to uh, the property of Sam Shepard, who was this landowner who was a wheat farmer. And then uh, one thing leads to another. Um, Sam Shepard has an eye for Richard Gere's sister, uh, who's played by Brooke Adams. Um, which is not his sister is actually his his lover, his girlfriend and uh but to keep the other kind of transient workers from starting anything causing any issues, he passes her off as his sister but so with this being the assumed situation the assumed the uh um, the knowledge of, of the way things are, Sam Shepard decides he's going to set his sights on her, marries her, and then one thing leads to another, tragedy ensues, um, fight breaks out, Sam Shepard gets, he gets into an altercation, Richard Gere kills him, and then he goes back on the, he ends up going on the run again, the authorities find him, they shoot him. But in the meantime, there's an infestation, uh, like a locust infestation, like these grasshoppers, just millions and millions of grasshoppers, some kind of seasonal kind of ransacking of these wheat fields. It's just part of nature. And it occurred to me, like, what? No. And this is about the third or maybe fourth, third or fourth time I'd seen this movie. But it, it finally dawned on me, like, because in the end, when Richard Gere gets shot by the authorities... His uh, girlfriend, a.k.a. sister, and then the younger girl, they kind of part ways as well. And they kind of just move on with life. And after the weed field is ransacked, you just kind of you start to understand, like, like, the whole weed field is decimated, decimated. Like, they try and burn them out, they smoke them out, but in the end, it's just, it's all for nothing. Nature's, nature's going to win. Nature's always going to win, and life is always going to move on. Life's going to keep going on. That's kind of, it's a nice, I don't know, interesting parable. I don't know if that's what Terrence Malick had intended, but he always seems to incorporate nature into his movies. You know, the fact that, that you know, nature's, nature, nature keeps moving on. You know, nature's going to do its natural shit. You know, and, and we're just part of that whole ecosystem, right? So, I guess that's what I, I guess that was the big takeaway for me. Is like life goes on, life happens, life keeps moving on. Uh, it's kind of like No Country for Old Men, another, another Texas movie, uh, West Texas, no less, based on the Cormac McCarthy book. Um, but I think, you know, the character Anton Shigura, the, uh, you know, the seemingly soulless killer. Who is just going on a? He just goes on a killing spree with that that uh, that that tank of CO two and a and that uh, whatever that whatever that hydraulic tool is that's hooked up to it that just blasts a metal rod right into your right into your dome. That's how they kill cows on farms, and this is what. He just goes through the whole movie. Just he's just got one. He's just got one objective. That's to, that's to fucking kill, 
uh, what's his name? Um, ah, shit, the guy, the main, you know, the main guy. Um, uh, Josh Brolin, who did a great job. What a great movie. The fucking massive. That, was, that came out the same year as uh, There Will Be Blood, which is another epic movie. But No Country for Old Men just kind of stomped that. And, and I, they just swept it. Took Best Picture, Best Actor, all that stuff. Well, I think Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Actor. And, uh, but uh, No Country for Old Men won the rest of them. Best Picture, Best Director, all that shit. But West Texas, but, but the rampant theme I noticed in that one was that life keeps going on. When you, uh, like, you know he gets, in the end, you know he, 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 he ends up getting Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin does everything he can to get away from But This guy's a killing machine. Anton Chigurh is a killing machine. This is no country for old men. This is no country for old men, man. Because life keeps going on. And the harsh elements out there, that harsh landscape of West Texas, fascinating stuff. But it just keeps moving on. Nature keeps moving on. Shigura, in the end, he just keeps going. In the end, there's just this ambiguous ending. He's, uh, you know, he, uh, he ends up killing everybody in his path, and he just keeps going to the next job. It's just life. Life moves on. Life moves on. But that brings me to... That brings me to... Memorial Weekend, everybody. Mm-hmm. Memorial Weekend's happening. Memorial Weekend's happening. And what's going on this weekend? Well, I'm headed for the nudist colony. That's right, you heard it. But this weekend, this Memorial Weekend, we're going... We're going, going back, back to Laguna, Laguna, going, going back, back to Laguna, Laguna. Going to the nudist colony. Three days of craziness and nakedness and uh, naked craziness. And, uh, but first things first. That being said, this weekend is an epic, epic weekend for running. Uh, and then I, and I didn't realize this, but it's all culminating on the 20th, what, 27th and 28th? Is that when? Da, 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 2022. Uh, let's see. 2022. 2022. Prefontaine Classic is this weekend. It is. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, May 27th and 28th. And the buildup on this thing is a motherfucker. I'm t- and I'll tell you what. The uh, well, this is part of like this huge, um, like the prestigious world athletics tour. So, this is the only stop in North America. So, this is like this is world class shit, dog. This is world class, this heavy duty shit. Um, the first leg that uh, eventually then will migrate to Europe for all the big, you know, all the great, you know, those epic European. Races like in um, Oslo, Norway, the Bislett Games, or the Van Dam Memorial in Belgium. All those when you know when they're running the mile or the five thousand meters, the fifteen hundred meters, or three thousand meters, and the whole stadium is rocking and they're just stomping in the seats because they want to see like somebody break the world record in whatever whatever they're running. Well, this is that weekend. This is it. This is a big one. Um, everybody who's anybody who's everybody who's ever been anybody is going to be in the Invitational Bill Bowerman Mile. And first and foremost, they're, well, first of all, there's, they're expecting world record attempts at the women's 5,000 meters by, uh, I believe she's an Ethiopian woman who's run 14, uh, I think she has, she is the current world record holder at like 1406 I want to say I mean it's fucking insane they're predicting a sub 14 5000 meters from her which would be unfucking believable that's huge huge and by the same token they're expecting a 5000 meter world record in um, the uh, men's 5000 meters which is uh, the current 
the current world record is like something ridiculous, like 1237 or something like that, which equates to like like a 12, basically like a 12, 1205 three mile. Because 5,000 meters is 3.1 miles. It's 12 and a half laps. At 12 laps, they hit the 12 lap mark with a half lap to go and they should be hitting just over 12 I mean that's fucking insane I mean 4 flat per mile for 3 miles what the fuck I mean they've already broke the 8 minute barrier for the 2 mile so they're trying to go so, like 12.30 in the 5,000 meters I mean, un-fucking believable um but that's not even the marquee event. The marquee event is the Bill Bowerman Invitational Mile. And who's going to be in that race, John, you ask? I'm going to tell you. Well, first of all, there's going to be what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six guys that have a personal best time in the mile under 350. The fastest in the field is the current Olympic champion, Jacob Ingebrigtsen from Norway, who is the, he's the guy to beat. Um, he is the outdoor leader, or he's the overall leader in the 1500 meters, which is the metric mile at 330, but out, but that's just indoors. Fuckers already run 330 for the 1500 indoors. That converts to about a 348 mile. And but the outdoor leader is a guy named uh, is it is it uh, Kipsang? I can't let's see, or is it uh, might be the other Kenyan? Because um, Abel Kipsang is a uh, let's see outdoor outdoor oh it is the outdoor leader for fifteen hundred meters is three thirty one Abel Kipsang from Kenya, who. Uh, had the Olympic record momentarily for a day or two in the heats of the 1500 last year in the Olympics until Jacob Inkebritsen beat it uh, and won the Olympic uh, 1500 meters and uh, ran like 328 or something like that. Fucking stupid. So he's the guy to beat. But not only that, his brother's in it, Philip Inkebritsen who also has a 349 personal best in the mile. <laughs> but this is the marquee event. This is the one that, I mean, everybody wanted to watch. You know, this is the mile. This is like that race that everybody comes to see. And this is in Eugene, Oregon. This is Tracktown, USA. This is where everybody who's anybody who's everybody who's anybody who's ever been anybody has run. You're talking about Steve Prefontaine, who they named the track meet after, who was a uh, sub-four-miler. And uh, and just a legend, died before his time in '75, just before the his second Olympics. He was fourth in the '72 Olympic 5,000 meters. Got out kicked, but led the whole way. Got out kicked by Lassie Viren from Finland. But uh, but yeah, this is this is Eugene, Oregon. This is the mecca of American distance running. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's run there. Um, so who else is going to be in the race? They've got, so they got Ingebrigtsen. They got both Ingebrigtsens. They got Matthew Centeritz, who was the 2016 uh, Olympic champion and uh, former Oregon standout. His dad was a, actually an Oregon standout and a Badass runner. He's just more. It's just pedigree. He's a sub. Uh, he's a three forty nine miler. Then you got. Um, I mean, you got Samuel Tafira, three forty nine miler. Timothy Sheroyat, three forty nine miler. Then you got the two Oregon kids that who's still at Oregon. Cooper Tier, who's a three fifty miler, and you got Cole Hawker, the Olympic trials champion, who outkicked Matt Centrowitz. And uh, but. I, did he make the f he didn't medal I don't know if he made the f I can't remember if he made the final or not but but they've all got something to prove man 
and then Abel Kipsang is going to be in. I mean, this is going to be insane. But the real mind-blowing aspect of all this is bringing in, bringing in the rear. Colin Solomon, the high school senior. What? I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. This is the same weekend as the CIFC championships. This guy is supposed to go out. He's supposed to break German Fernandez state meet records at four flat and 834. He's supposed to go out there and just run rough shot over those three, you know, go like 355, 356, and then come back and run about an 829, you know. But he's that weekend, he's not what I, I don't, I mean, I mean, he's got nothing to prove. He's got nothing to prove. I mean, it's a race for second place is what it, what it really is. But I think what that means is Lex Young is going to just run rough shot over these. And he's a junior. Same school, though. So that's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. Same weekend. CIF State Championships. The Young Brothers. Uh, Lex and... Uh, gosh, what's his brother's name? Leo? And then uh, Colin Solomon skipping the state championships to go to Oregon, to go to Eugene, Oregon, to go up and run and Bill Bowerman Mile, the classic. Why, you ask? Because he's going to run. He's trying to break the high school record of 353 set by Alan Webb, 2001, who beat Jim Ryan's record. Alan Webb, in a prof- in the, I, believe it was, I believe it was the same in the Prefontaine Classic he did it. 21 years ago, he came out of, no, I mean, not out of nowhere, ran 353 and outkicked a bunch of motherfuckers in high school. Like Jim Ryan was the, Jim Ryan was the standard bearer for like literally decades. In May 14th of 65, he won his state championships, the Kansas State Championships, and he ran 358. The only that was the record. That was the, that was the real, all high school race record. Meaning, all of the times, all of the sub four times, by any of the runners, were running professional races or collegiate races. You know, combined races, mixed races, not straight high school. But that was the first and only. I think at that point, May fourteenth, nineteen sixty five. The only all high school athlete mile run where a guy namely Jim Ryan the great Jim Ryan who all he did was train to break the four minute mile in high school to do that and then would go on to you know make the Olympic team in 64 68 72 medaled in 68 but then May 15th like 10 days ago 10 12 days ago this kid, uh, what's his name? Gary, uh, ah, shit. Gary, uh, uh, see, I didn't, this was an interesting, this was an interesting turnabout, is the kid from Pennsylvania, his name is, like, oh, Gary Martin, that's what it is. Gary Martin, in his high school, uh, not, I don't think it was a state championship, I think it was just a regular high school, I mean, it was all high school, it was not a professional race. It was not a mixed collegiate or professional race. Runs 357.98, breaking the official all high school running, all high school runner mile record. And this kid's in Pennsylvania. So what's going on? Where is this guy? Is he going to be there? I don't, he's, I don't see his name on the list. But that's, in, that's insane. So Colin Solomon isn't even the fastest high schooler in the mile right now. But he could go out there. You never know. He's going to go out there, he's, but he's going to be running against the Olympic champion. He's going to be running against the NCAA champion, the current, current and former NCAA champions, current and former Olympic trial champions, current and former Olympic champions, Olympic record holders, and this kid's a high schooler. So he's going, out to, he's going after Alan Webb's fastest high school mile ever. He's going to try and run under 353. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Ridiculous to think about. 353. I mean, it's hard to wrap your brain around something like that. But we'll see. It's going to be a big one. 
Saturday, that's, that's going to be the marquee race. That's the one that's going to have the whole stadium just stomping, just stomping their, in their seat, just bam, 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 bam. You know, they're going to hit that, you know, with a bell at, at, at the bell app. They're going to, you know, they're going to be looking at like a, when that bell rings, the lap to go, they're going to be blasting through there at about mm, 246, 247. And then they're going to lay down like a 55, 53, 54, 55 second last lap. And who's going to be, who's going to be the last dog standing? Who's going to be the last man standing? The last Mohican? Who's it going to be? It's going to be this. Is, this is the boner of all races. This is the one that's going to make you, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. I can't wait. I fucking can't wait. But but then just as exciting as this damn CIF state championships. What are you gonna do? So um but slowing things down a bit. <laughs> we go to our friend Mike Wardian. Where where oh where's Mike Wardian? It's like a where's Waldo. It's like where's Wardian? Where's Wardian? Mike Wardian, the ultra runner, the 217 marathoner, the ultra runner, the guy that runs 1,000 kilometers at a time, 630 miles in one stretch. Um, he is currently in eastern Colorado. This motherfucker, last time I saw him on Instagram was uh, Ely, Nevada, in the middle of a snow, snow flurry going along Highway 50, the saddest, loneliest highway. And... Uh, so I checked up uh, his progress this morning. He just got out of Cannon, Cannon City, Canyon City, C-A-N-O-N, with an accent over the end, Canyon City, and uh, Gunnison, Colorado. So he's on the east end. He's coming into, uh, he's he's probably, he's probably, he's probably, I want to say on the border of Colorado and whatever that whatever that state is in the <laughs> next to it like one of them flower states <laughs> Kansas he's in okay so he's he's uh <laughs> I don't even know man who goes speaking of Kansas speaking of Jim Ryan I mean Jim Ryan for all you want to say, I mean, Jim Ryan is the straightest, most Christian. He's, I think he's a politician now. Of course he is, because he's right-wing Christian. So he's spreading love, right? But but uh, he's a Kansas boy, born and bred. And homeboy, old Mike Wardian's coming from, uh, let's see, I'm looking at, he must be somewhere probably east of Pueblo. He's got to be east of Pueblo, Colorado. So he's got to be coming over the border into Kansas on the 50, probably somewhere close to within range of Dodge City, Kansas. So he's like halfway. He's about halfway point. Homeboy should be pulling in. Well, his goal is to be pulling in to um, Maryland on the 4th of July. On the 4th of July, where the bad folks go when they die. They don't go to heaven where the angels fly. They go to a lake of fire and fry. You see them again on the 4th of July. But that's fucking amazing. That's going to be 3,000 miles, that motherfucker. He, and he's doing it. He's, he's, he's clipping it along. He's, he's knocking out 52-mile days, 53-mile days, 51-mile days. Steady clip. But Jesus... What a, Jesus, like what a grueling experience that is. I mean, it's hard to watch. Like, it's not very exciting. I mean, it's probably the antithesis of, say, you know, that, uh, that mile standard, that mile barrier, that, you know, that magic world record that everybody wants to see that, you know, that race, that, that three and a half minute race, that three minute and 40 second race, you know, that's the perfect amount of time to capture your attention, to keep your attention captured, to keep you just locked in, you know, wanting, just... And then you got old Mike Warrior out there somewhere outside of Pueblo, Colorado, the dustiest town in Colorado. 
But nevertheless, man, shout out to Mike Wardy. That guy's a fucking savage. I mean, I don't care how many naps you got to take in the course of a race. I mean, I, this isn't more of an endurance feat. It's not a race. It's not a race. Who's he racing against? But, but it's all kicking in. I mean, this is the this is the uh, launch point of summer. We're here. We're only a few days from the unofficial, unofficial start of summer, Memorial Weekend. Even though it's still spring, even though technically it's still spring, and it's 150 degrees out in spring. <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. Like I just remember uh, Memorial Weekend. This is like a it's huge. This is going to be the biggest car buying weekend. Well, this year, maybe, unfortunately. Not going to. The outlook's not good. Um, but I remember, Jesus, I remember back in the day being out on the line. You know, that weekend, you just, it just, you go and you go and you go. You, you know, like Friday morning, you can feel it building. You know, Friday, early Friday morning, you get, there's usually a meeting, whether it was a Toyota or Nissan, there's a big staff meeting, you know prepping for the weekend, getting in that mindset, getting in that kind of that honey badger mindset, you know, because people are, it's, it's, it's a grudgment. It's a, it's a, it's a standoff, you know, as if there's like a bell that rings, you know, like a prize fighting bell, bing, and all the fucking unwashed public, all the dirt bag customers, all the annoying people that, the disgruntled loners, the weirdos, the housewives, the suburban weirdos, the grilling dads, the fucking guys who, you know, got the Dale Earnhardt tank tops and the acid wash jean shorts and all those motherfuckers and the guys in the white wife beaters and all those dirt bags and the guys in the 800, the 883 credit scores whose wife is also an 883 credit score because they still do missionary position, you know, when they talk about their, you know, grading their, their lesson plans and doing their their syllabus for uh, next week's, uh, you know, fifth grade class and so forth. They're all waiting for you Friday morning. You're just gearing up. It's like, it's like the, it's like that scene in Braveheart where all the Scots are sitting on their horses and standing in formation, and Mel Gibson's <laughs> riding up and down the front line there. Well, that's our sales manager, man, just rallying, just getting everybody fired up, you know. And then you go out there, and then you go out there. And it's nothing, it's dead. It's like the calm before the storm, you know? It's like no air in your sails. It's just like right before the squall hits, it's like dead silence, not a, I mean, zero mile per hour winds, you know? And then it starts, and then you just stand like, man, it's fucking, why is it so hot? <laughs> and, then, and then you start seeing out on the main drag there on McHenry Avenue or wherever, you start seeing all the boats all the Memorial Day boats, guys pulling their boats to the lake, going to the lake, going to wherever they're going. They're going to Lake Tahoe, you know? They're going to Lake Berryessa. They're going to Clear Lake. Anybody, what? It doesn't even fucking matter. They're going to... Taking the boat out. You're like, fuck. I got 72 more hours of this fucking bullshit, and these motherfuckers are heading out on... It was just the biggest crap out ever. But then it's like... The wind picks up a little. You can feel the squall beginning to form. You feel a little air in your sails. All of a sudden, the first couple of fucking little pot-bellied, acid-washed jeans, new white, giant white, new balance and tube socks start showing up. Uh, I saw your ad for the Memorial Day sale. Uh, do you got a Sentra here that's, uh, it's only, it's got, uh, it's only, it's, it's only ninety-nine ninety-five. All right. Follow me, and it's on. And the rest of the weekend's just a blur until the dust settles Sunday night, and you've literally logged about 144,000 steps in dress shoes and listened to every fucking mind-numbing story or criticism or stupid question or inquiry or, you know, it just never ends. It's just a battle. It's a battle of wills dealing with these fucking scumbags. And the whole time in the back of your head, you're just thinking about those boats. Them boats. Those boats headed for the lake where you wish you could be. But you got to deal with these motherfuckers. The, the great unwashed public. <laughs> it's fucking... It's a crazy world. But not... I don't know about this weekend. It ain't looking good. 
I mean, they had, I think it, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast or the one prior to that, but the only two new cars I saw in stock over at um, Modesto Toyota when I was down there dropping off at Memorial was uh, they had two Toyota Corollas, brand new, but they had the like a wrap, like a body wrap that said Modesto Toyota all over the side of them. Like, fuck, that's all you got? Like, as if they were used for like a promotion. Like, they were probably sitting in the showroom for months just promoting Modesto Toyota with the big, the wrap, you know, that, you know, $1,500 wrap that, that looks ridiculous. But that's all they had. Like, so there's the owner's probably staring at these fuckers sitting on the showroom floor going that's all we got those are that's the only new inventory we got fucking put them out there somebody's gonna buy this somebody's gonna buy these tur- you know what and somebody will somebody will buy those turds and they'll pay fifteen hundred dollars over the cost they'll pay for the wrap because the salesman have to tack on the wrap and then you'll have to explain why they're getting charged another fifteen hundred dollars on top of the non-discounted price for Memorial Day, supply and demand. Hey, welcome to capitalism, bitch. And even though they didn't, even though Modesto Toyota didn't pay $1,500 for the wrap, they probably got a complimentary. The great unwashed masses get to, they get to foot the bill for that dumbass wrap, which all they're going to do is fucking want that shit peeled off ASAP. Get home. If Modesto Toyota doesn't take it off, they're going to go home and take a hairdryer and just fucking rip that bullshit off, and it's going to come off in, like, pieces and shit like that, you know? (laughs) But other than that, (laughs) other than that, all they got is fucking a used Winnebago for, like, (laughs) $72,000. I mean, this memorial is going to be weird. It's going to be fucking weird, man. Like... No car, I mean, well, Alfred Matthews, the, the fucking GMC Buick I drove by after I left, after I took a ride off of Bangs, picked up McHenry and drove past Alfred Matthews, the GMC Buick uh, dealer, like, nobody's fucking buying that dog shit. They had plenty of cars. <laughs> they might have a good memorial. I don't know. Nobody, who's, buy, who's going, hey, man, I'm going to get that Buick. Let's get a new Buick. What? They still make those? What? So, anyway, that's what's up. It's going to be a weird one. It's good. It could be a new, there could be a new high school record in the mile. There could be a new world record in the mile. But I don't know, because I'm going to be out at the nudist colony. The nudist colony. I'm heading out there, what, Friday, Saturday, Saturday? I could go out Friday night. I might be able, I plan on Saturday. Um, depends on what happens Friday. I don't know. We'll see. I've been getting sent down south the last couple Fridays to go through. That's how I end up kind of traversing my way through Modesto so that I, so I get a kind of lay of the land as far as what's going on at all the dealerships so well who knows but those are those are late days I don't know I might not get back in time I usually don't get back till 10 o'clock or so on those Friday nights so there's no point in heading out to the to uh Casa de Balsac you know on Friday night so it's probably gonna be, gonna be Saturday night but I can't wait because when I walk out when I get when I cross that threshold when I go through that gate, when I go past the security booth, oh, it's so nice. It's just like everything just drops away, you know? All your all your inhibitions, all your cares, all your, you know, the nagging little bullshit. It's like, it's like a mental stem cell, you know? It's like 72 hours of free mental stem cells just cleansing your palate cleaning your view just cleaning like cleaning off cleaning all the smudge off your fucking glasses you know all the shit that's been caking up in the corners you know or on the or on the little part where it rests on the bridge of your nose all that shit that gunks up you know the minute you walk through those gates and you see that lake and you see the kayaks and the bikes and a bunch of old guys and old floppy skin and <laughs> hacky sack ball bags and <laughs> ladies with their 80-year-old clams just pointed straight at the sun 
Man, it's the best. It's like, because it doesn't matter. Because you know who's out there? Everybody. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're a fucking, you're a fucking liberal weirdo, fucking Trump dump supporter, fucking weirdo, fucking ultra-liberal conservative, fucking gun-toting maniac weirdo. Matter of fact, everybody, literally, uh, what's his name? Carrie Stain. They found Carrie Stainer out there. That's how they found the guy, that, the serial killer that uh, murdered all those people in Yosemite way back in the day, like in the 90s. He went on the lam and, and uh, he went. He ended up hiding out at, uh, at Laguna, at the nudist colony out there. They found him. I don't know. Somebody identified, somebody recognized him. But man, that's how obscure, that's how kind of hidden that place is. That's what I like. I like to know that the nudist colonies that I go to are so are so sequestered, they're so hidden that even serial killers can hang out there. They caught his ass, but fascinating. But but that's going to be my memorial weekend, boys and girls, moms and dads. That's what's up. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm so fucking pumped. Get outside. Get a little, you know, a little, mmm, a little, mmm. Taste the air. Smell the air. Some trees out there, you know, a little wildlife. Uh, you got the Cosumnes River out back. Oh, I can't wait, but it's going to be a great one. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Um, the next report I will have will be a, I will be one excited, bewildered, uh, happy little bitch is what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, when this this comes out Thursday, but the following, the Monday after after today, it's gonna be some, it's gonna be some interesting interesting shit floating down the <laughs> floating down the pike, and uh, and I will be reporting and I will be reporting it to you firsthand. So I just want to say I hope you guys have a great Memorial weekend. You know, thir- even Thursday is kind of a, like a pre. I, I, you know, the buildup is like intense. It's like, oh man, it's Thursday already. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. You know, and then Friday morning, it's on. It's already in. It's already. You're already kind of in the throes of it, man. It's it's fucking. Oh, summer's summer's here. Summer's here, and the time is right. You know, like the old song says. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the good times? Are you ready for the fun? All right, folks. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies. Here's my impression of my first day back at the nudist colony after several months of being gone. Hey, buddy. Get your schwats out of my face or I'll drop you like third period English. Mm-hmm.